Hello, and welcome back to So Relatable. I hope you're enjoying our series called Quarantine Stories, where we invite listeners to tell us about their experience during the pandemic and how it's affecting their daily lives. If you would like to share your story with us about being in quarantine, please just send us a message at So Relatable Podcast on Instagram, and we'll set up an interview. On that note, let's continue Quarantine Stories. This week on Quarantine Stories, our guest is named Emily. She's also an American, 28 years old, from the state of Illinois on the outskirts of Chicago. For the past three years, she's been an educator, working and living in Strasbourg, France, and she continues that job to this day. She started out as a maître de langue, which is basically a lecturer, and now she's more of a full-blown professor. But the pandemic has also affected her life, and I was curious how. So let's have a listen. Hey, how are you? Hey, Emily, how are you? Long time no talk. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while, probably like a year. Oh, yeah, definitely a year. (laughs) Well, since you were here in person, but I know we've chatted online a little bit. For sure. Um, How have you been, just in general? not like the answer that you're expecting, but the transition to online classes has kept me so busy. Oh, really? Um, that I haven't had a lot of time to fret about things. Oh, well, that's actually good. Um, no, I wasn't expecting any particular kind of answer. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad that you're actually transitioning well to everything. That's, I'm, I'm glad to yeah, hear that. Yeah, well, it's just, I've been busy. Once I have a second to kind of catch up with my thoughts, and like, but then I think I'll probably be a little bit more anxious and have fever. Mm. Um, so, are you still living in Strasbourg? Yes, I am. Oh, cool. My third year in Strasbourg and my fourth year in France. Wow, that's crazy. And so, what's... Yeah, I don't even... Let me... Okay. What... So, since the quarantine or lockdown, confinement, whatever you want to call it, um, started on Tuesday, right? Um, yes, like what? It, Tuesday at noon, I think. Oh, at noon. 9 a.m specific. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, how has life how has life changed for you? So I guess one of the biggest life changes for me has been professionally because I am a university teacher. I teach English at the law school at the University of Strasbourg and my classes are all in person uh, because the goal of the classes is just to get students speaking English. We only meet for 90 minutes a week. I have 15 groups so I'm there all the time. Um, Unfortunately, I don't spend as much time with each group as I'd like, but, you know, like the, the goal is getting them to talk, um, practicing oral expression, and using that as a means to communicate in the English language. So when we actually got news from the university that online classes were authorized the Thursday before confinement started, and then that call addressed about two hours later, and that's when he said that as of uh, this past Monday, a week from tomorrow, all 
universities, all schools were going to be stopped um, so like until further notice. Um, so I made the decision to start online classes a little bit early. I did it Friday so I could try to get my students into it. But yeah, that transition has just been wild, taking 15 groups where the whole purpose of my job is meeting with them and getting them to discuss with me and each other and then finding a system to make it work online with very minimal support from the university. It's just a, it's been quite wild. Um, so that's probably like the biggest way my life has changed. Because I've been so busy, I haven't noticed a ton of the other effects of confinement. Um, in France, we are authorized to leave with this uh, piece of paper that we sign off on with our reasons for leaving. Um, and so the ones that would apply to me would be getting groceries and uh, physical activity. And it has to be within one kilometer of your apartment, although that keeps changing. Um, so actually, I haven't really felt a ton of the cabin fever that I know some of my friends are getting because I've been staying occupied and I've been um, exercising, actually more than I usually would. Uh, so that's my life right now. Wow. Well, exercising more than you usually would. That's that's odd. I feel like a lot of people right now aren't <laughs> exercising as much as they usually would. <laughs> because I usually, I walk to work. Uh, that's pretty much my exercise. I teach nearly every day, and when mm -hmm. I'm not teaching, I'm exhausted. Um, so I created a fitness group on Facebook for people to share at-home workouts. Oh. And that's honestly been motivating me to be more physically active, uh, to kind of offset the substantially increased time I'm spending sitting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, look at you, little, a little pioneer in this at-home workout <laughs> movement. <laughs> um, uh, keeping my spirits up, at least for week one. We'll see how things continue down the road. And I can't believe week one's not even over. I found that crazy. I know. Like, um, so uh, jumping back to the university, because you mentioned that they, there isn't a lot of support from them. And um, on my end with the middle school, like, there was a ton of support. So can you, like, talk about, like, how that feels to not have a lot of support from the university to get you on to online platforms and, like, maybe what you ended up choosing, like, how, how you're doing that with your kids? Yeah, sure. Um, so we, we already use Moodle uh, at the university, and I've been relatively active on it, just making sure my PowerPoints are on there. If a student asks for resources, they realize this usually benefits all my students, so I post them um, as well. So at least I was familiar with the system, and it, I mean, luckily my students knew where to look just because I've been active on there. But the university basically sent us an email with like a list of some things that we could use and just said, all right, we're working on more guidelines. That was uh, over a week ago, and those guidelines haven't come. And so my department just said, okay, do what you can, try to maintain some sense of normalcy. And I actually interacted with my students to figure out what they would think would be best for them. And so we ended up, so I just, um, my style in my class, as I said, they're 90-minute classes, and part of that is filled with student presentation, uh, usually in a small group, and the students would then lead a class discussion based on these texts articles. Um, and so I've actually had students continue sending me their presentations and I've posted their discussion questions on forums on Moodle. And so they've still been able to engage with each other that way. Uh, so that's what I ended up doing. And then I post a general lesson on some grammar conventions, which I don't do a lot in class. It's not my job to be teaching them the basics of grammar. Um, but I think that overall it's been helpful. And a lot of my students who don't participate much in person are really active online. 
Mm -hmm. uh, I think they get a little bit shy, and so it's helpful for them to have a moment to prepare their answers. Obviously, it's less authentic than mm -hmm. communicating in person, but at least they're doing the work. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it was a challenge to set that up myself. I don't even know what my other colleagues are doing. I have, I'm one of the youngest, probably at the school. I'm 28 years old, and so it's really easy for me to figure these things out because they've grown with me. I used Moodle when I was at university. Um, but I'm concerned for some colleagues who aren't as comfortable with the e-learning um, right. and some of these technologies. Right, and that makes sense because, like, just 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 being older in general is going to make you more less inclined towards technology because, like, you're less familiar with it. So, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, so I have you, one who's vehemently against it. Like, he doesn't post anything on Moodle. He it doesn't like communicate with students via email. Um, the French professors are. I would guess the average at the faculty, the law faculty, mm -hmm. the average age um, would probably be late fifties, early sixties. Wow. So, like during this confinement, like what, like his students aren't even, like probably most likely aren't getting anything, and that's crazy. I have no idea, or if they are, it's going to be delayed because of yeah. transition. And I, I empathize. It's a really difficult transition mm -hmm. for everybody, and yeah. it's completely unfamiliar territory. It's not in his job description. It's not in mine. But sure. yes be tough for him and for them. Well, I hope they all get through it. Like, I hope that he eventually, like, gets there. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, I hope so Wishing too. him the most luck there. Yeah. Um, <sighs> wow. Um, so you're an actual, like, full-blown, like, are you, like, a full-blown professor now? Not just a lecturer? Well, I don't have my PhD, so I can't use professor from, like, an American perspective, mm -hmm. but at my, yeah, I'm a contractual teacher. I served two years as a methodologist. And now I'm on the school on a one-year teaching contract, so I have the same the same service as my uh, titulaire colleagues, my full-time colleagues. Uh, so I teach the same hours, but my pay is substantially reduced because Oof. I don't have the French accreditation. Wow! Wow! Well, congratulations though on that on sustaining that oh, job. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, um, it's, uh, I know it. It's a great way to stay here. That influenced my decision. Nice. I'm glad. And um, so you don't have any, because I know a lot, like some people are struggling financially during this, during this weird time in the world. Um, and so in France, with your job, you're still being paid normally? Supposedly, uh, I guess I'll see at the end of March uh, okay. when pay is supposed to go through. The banks are working, so if there are any issues, definitely on the university's end. Mm -hmm. um, but I did contact HR just to because my pay is also determined like, on the condition that I do the hours that they've told me to do. Right. Uh, so apparently I am being paid. Maxwell has said that the university teachers and uh, high school teachers, elementary school teachers, their salary is not going to change as a result of this, um, as this isn't our choice. Obviously, we don't want this to be happening right now. <laughs> um, so I should be fine. And my partner also works uh, in a public service job. So um, luckily, that's not a stressor. But yeah, so at least I've been able to rest easy knowing that like we have money. And because everything is closed, we're not really spending any money. Right, right. Um, I, I really feel for my friends, especially in the US, who don't have the security that the president of France has given to, um, to and mostly the public sector. But there's been a lot of. I don't know, financial forgiveness in this country in 
general at this mm -hmm. time. So I feel really lucky to be here. Yeah, no, honestly, yeah. Uh, it's over here, it's just, it's been. Every day it's like something new. It's like, oh, what's going to happen now? How are you going to handle that? And it's just everything's up in the air. And it's, oof. I've, I spoke to someone else and they knew about a restaurant in Massachusetts. And I know about a cafe in Pittsburgh um, that are like going under because of this. And like all their employees have been laid off and people are without jobs. Yeah. And it's just crazy. And granted, you know, the federal government has like instituted like, you know, unemployment and like specific unemployment plans for this like pandemic period. Um, but that's not getting them their job back. And it's just, it's, it's right. crazy that like, uh, in my opinion, how poorly it's being handled, but who am I to know? I'm not in politics. I don't run the government. So um, that's just my opinion. Too. I also think the U.S. had a little bit more time to deal with this. Honestly. Um, like, to be fair, so did France. We should have shut down at least a week before we actually did. Just, I mean, we were just following, I think our timeline was seven days behind Italy mm -hmm. uh, or something as far as the spread of virus, just looking at their trends, looking at Wuhan, looking at ours. Um, we were behind them by a certain period. So once we realized what our future was going to look like, we absolutely should have shut everything down. Um, and the U.S. still hasn't done that, which to me is just astounding. So. I think New York just recently did. Um, yeah, Illinois did. I know that. My family yeah. is there, so I've been keeping track. But it's, yeah. it's a local, well, not, I mean, not necessarily states are huge, but it's yeah. a state-by-state state. State initiative. It's mm -hmm. not a federal initiative, which is really problematic. I heard that with, um, yeah, this is kind of on topic. Yeah, I heard that um, boulangeries are still open. Can you verify? They are. Because <laughs> that's essential. I can verify. Um, everything deemed essential is open. So grocery stores, pharmacies, and boulangerie, apparently. Uh, because they serve food, okay. uh, they are a part of people's daily lives in France, and they've remained open. I went to one yesterday, actually. That's it, I, I just love that because that's such a French thing. It's like we're gonna keep I our know. bread makers open. They are gonna they're gonna stay open. <laughs> yeah, I um, I took my author like my authorization form. I went on a little jog, which I never do. I downloaded the Couch to 5K app. Um, again, solo. I didn't go within two meters of anybody. The weather was terrible. There was no one out yesterday anyway. Mm -hmm. I promise, I'm following the rules. Um, but I ended my jog at Boulangerie uh, to grab my favorite little pastry uh, and buckle down for some grating. And I was served by the, the, the woman who worked there was wearing a mask and gloves. Um, so the style has changed a little bit, but oh, wow. they're open. So, um, so, wait, you can still sit in a boulangerie and enjoy your No, food. you can't sit. No, I just grabbed it for oh, okay. the, the way out. You can't sit anywhere. Some restaurants who are takeaway restaurants, like there's a burger place near my apartment. I haven't eaten there um, since all this happened, but mm -hmm. I passed by it, and they've they've kind of set up a table in 
blocking their door, uh, but the door is open. So if people want to come and order, they just wait outside and then they think they're free to go. I see. Okay, because that's how it's been here too. It's like you can only take out anymore. Like you can't sit down in yeah. a restaurant. Um, and so I was yeah, going. My mind is going to be blown. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, we we kind of already touched on. Oh no. Um, first, because um, I've been trying to find um, like localized maps of France and the spread of the virus. Um, and this is just a question out of curiosity. But do you happen to sure. know like what the hubs are of like where the where the virus is hitting the worst in the country? Yeah, I know one because it's very near me. Um, again, I've been looking for these maps too, uh, like you, and I'm not finding a lot. Um, yeah. But just as far as what's been published and uh, based on Macron's address from a few nights ago, Oran, so south of me, uh, even though my place is called Oran, which is a piece of the but it all has to do with the flow of the river. Anyway, <laughs> Oran is one of the hot spots, and actually the military has been deployed to Oran to help out a little bit more. There was a huge religious gathering in Beirut, the biggest city in the Oran, just a, a few weeks ago, and um, that just it grew the virus significantly just from that gathering. Um, wow. So soon after that, the gatherings were um, disbanded. Uh, you couldn't meet with groups. It started with 100, then there's now 50. Um, but that's been a major hotspot for the virus, and uh, yeah, I have a lot of students who live there, so I'm about them. Um, but due to the extreme situation there, the military is now working to try to alleviate some of what the healthcare workers are having to do. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, it is. Wow. It, I think, to I my think... knowledge, it's the only part of France that has military intervention for this. Wow. Okay. Wow, I did not hear about that. And I tried sticking up with the French news, and I just I did not hear about that, or I or I didn't pay attention enough. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, check out H A U T R H I N. If you just Google like coronavirus, mm-hmm. um, you'll find a lot of information. I'm sure. Okay, I'll have to do that. But without knowing the hotspots, it would be hard to just like guess. You don't want to look up every single region, right? Um, <laughs> and try to figure it out. Yeah, because like I, the New York Times has like a map of the world, and they've now localized it by continent. But whenever they show like Europe, it just shows the amount for France, and I'm like, okay, but like right. where in France? Like Paris? Right. Like is it in the yeah. south? Like I, I'm curious, you know, and they just don't have that information for me. Mm-hmm. I but, think Paris has been hit pretty badly too, but it's cool. more related to the fact that it's just a bigger city, right? And there's just more human interaction. Yep, which is logical. touched on this but like what are just like the new general rules that you have to follow is it just yeah I'll just leave it there what are like the new general rules you have to follow given the quarantine so um you have to stay home that's the main thing uh if you want to go out because I've been looking into this I don't want to break any rules I don't want to get ticketed uh I know I'm still getting paid but 135 euros a pretty substantial cut for my paycheck. Yeah. Um, so the rules are that you need to be home. 
You may leave the home for certain reasons that are all listed on the government website. Um, so you can't write something in, you can't create a reason. But the reasons are related to basic needs and um, health, which in France is a basic need. Of course. Can't say the same for the U.S., but nope. off topic. Um, <laughs> we, need to, <laughs> we need to check off on this form why we're going out. We need to sign it and date it, and you have to be within a certain radius of your home. And that keeps changing, so I don't have the exact number today. Uh, it used to be two miles, bikes were authorized, and then a few days ago, oh no, two kilometers. Wow, I'm becoming American again. Um, <laughs> it used to be two kilometers and bikes were still allowed, and then a few days ago they made it one kilometer and bikes are no longer allowed uh, because you fall, you can be injured, and that's not great for care workers. Um, and also bikes just travel too far, it's too easy to get beyond that radius. Uh, the last I heard was 500 meters, but that hasn't been verified yet, so I think we're still at a kilometer. That'll um, be crazy. Because, so, like, yeah. sorry to interject, but, like, what about people who, you know, what, what about people who don't live within 500 meters of a grocery store, you know? In that case, I'm sure they'd be able to make exceptions. Probably. You have to do it. Um, and also, people who are working, uh, if they don't have the option to work from home, that is another reason to be allowed out of the house. I see. Um, but it is being checked. Um, I know that the police are checking it at the professional uh, at the at the train station. Um, my friend was checked just trying to buy groceries, and it was right outside of her apartment. Like they're taking this really seriously, as they should. Yeah. Uh, but the main rule is stay home. Okay. Okay. Clear enough. Um, and so you say you've been out a couple of times um, yeah. so far. What does that feel like? to be outside and not have, you know, crowds of people living their daily lives. It's really weird. Um, this is such a vibrant city. I mean, you've been here. Yeah. It's active. It's beautiful. There are people, I mean, the other day we were at 65 degrees. I want to, like, people wanted to be picnicking by the river. Um, so it, it's, I don't know, it's, like, simultaneously eerie and nice, <laughs> I guess. Um I'm not a huge fan of crowds to begin with. They make me a little bit anxious. And so there have been really nice aspects of seeing the city as it is. I had to actually stop a walk the other day. I had to turn around in my tracks with a group of like 10 to 15 swans who were sunning themselves, uh, sunning themselves on my walking path. Um, and that was really nice to see because that wouldn't have happened uh, if people were down there. But also swans are mean, so I turned around. Of course. Um, um, so was this on the yeah. cake? Was this on like that? that? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was. Um, oh. but yeah, it's just it's really strange to see the city so not to use the term dead, um, but so quiet yeah. all day. Um, and I live right in the center. I live just north of the cathedral, uh, like a minute walk maybe from the entryway oh, and wow. so usually this area is super active all the time um, there's a restaurant in my apartment that is uh, quite loud um, people wait outside in large groups and it's cheap so it attracts a lot of like, student associations and so it's just been weird to have everything so quiet wow I yeah. yeah that has not that has not been the case here in Newark yet like there's definitely a lot less people, but it's not like eerily quiet 
you know. Um, so I, yeah, I'm just waiting for that moment to come, though. It's like when there's literally no one outside. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it, it so will come. <laughs> you're fairly certain on that? You think that will come in the States? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I'm shocked that it hasn't, as I said, uh, but Illinois, like I mentioned earlier, they implemented shelter in place starting mm-hmm. yesterday, I think at 5 p.m., again, time. Um, but yeah, with this, you can't just run around, life isn't normal, um, we can't treat it like it is, because when people keep interacting with each other, it just continues the spread of the virus, and we're never going to kick it. Exactly. Uh, I saw a meme of someone saying that they feel like one of the good students uh, who keeps losing recess because it's two kids talking. And uh, unless people take this seriously and shelter in place, we're all going to keep losing recess. Um, the virus is not going to be eradicated. And yeah, it's, uh, it's frustrating to me. I love the way you put that. I, I love the way your friend put that. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's true. I can't take credit for it, but it's, yeah. it's exactly right. And it's it is true that that is exactly how it feels um i was talking to someone else who's living in ansi right now and um well okay so they're living in ansi sorry they this happened in orleans um where they had just moved from um but i guess their people were not taking it seriously and like like they went to like the main square and they're like people just like out there skateboarding you know just running hanging out um you know in like rather large groups of you know people um has this been a problem in strasbourg that you've seen or been aware of or do you think everyone's pretty much you know like respecting the rules and laying low seems like people are taking it really seriously now when they only closed down establishments i think that was their first attempt at trying to get people to social distance, thinking mm-hmm. like, well, if the bars are closed, people won't go to them. Right. Um, but when that happened, people just picnic, people hung out outside, um, people were going to each other's houses. Now it's not like, you, if you get caught going to a friend's house, that's not like, you'll get fined for it, you okay. Um, but yeah, it was definitely an issue when it was just the establishment being shut down. It wasn't until the actual started that I noticed that people mostly a paid attention. Um, near me, it's been followed, it's been respected. I can't speak for every part of the city. I think in some areas probably isn't going as well as intended. Um, and I know in Paris, there have been some issues uh, with people still hanging out, picnicking, et cetera. Um, but hopefully now that these tighter restrictions are in place, people are taking it more seriously. Yeah, hopefully. Um, we're not jailing people. No. Like, the police aren't putting anyone in jail. So, like, if you pay the fine, you can kind of do what you want. But I hope that the money is enough to dissuade people from, I mean, I mean, it should go beyond money. People should just have human decency and realize their role in stopping this. But exactly. I think money can be a pretty good way to get people to follow what they need to do. Agreed. Um, yeah, I saw I saw a funny meme um, that was a video of like it had like the Spanish, the Italians, and like they're going underneath there, um, like they're like staying in their house and like throwing like blankets over themselves. And then you may have seen it because I showed it on Facebook. And then it's like the French, and yeah. it's like she's walking out the door with a bottle of wine and chips in her hand, like going on a picnic. Right. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like yeah. You didn't see that. Yeah. Um, 
It hasn't been going on near me, at least, so I'm happy about that. One final question. Um, sure. It's I, I've been seeing like things, especially in the U.S. and I, um, online, people commenting like, "Oh, like our civil liberties are being taken away. Like they can't tell us to stay in our house. We have the right to freedom and do what we want." Da 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 da. Um, and I was just looking for your opinion on that. Like I think you've already answered it, but you know, like. Do you, do you think these lockdowns are taking away our freedoms? I think that death takes away freedoms a lot more than a lockdown does. Um, do I want to be outside and going to my favorite bar and enjoying a pint of shoes with my friends or with my boyfriend? Like, absolutely. But I don't feel like <laughs> um, my freedoms are being violated because I've been instructed to look out for the greater good. Um, I think that people who say that are very selfish. Um, somehow their leisure, their like social life is more important than the well-being of everybody around them, not just in the country, but in the world. Um, because, I mean, the virus is going just, the virus is going to keep spreading yep. uh, if people don't follow the directions. And the virus doesn't care about borders or anything like that. So it's not just like a local problem everyone in it. So do I love it? No. Uh, is it a violation of my personal liberties? No way. It's, I don't know. I just feel that uh, I'm not being super eloquent with this, but um, no, I think that these are extreme times and with that like, things have to change and you can't just go about your daily schedule. You need to realize that somebody's grandma um, somebody's immunocompromised friend, or just somebody. I mean, it, it's like this virus is getting everybody from every age group, and people are dying whether or not they have any pre-existing conditions. And so you can handle foregoing your core logo uh, with your buddies in order to like look out for humanity. I think that was well put. Um, I, I don't know. I don't drink them. I've never drank them. I think I've had one once, but that's it. <laughs> they were a thing when I was in college, but I'm pretty sure they were banned at some point from, at least in Wisconsin. They're fruity and tasty, but really Oh, gosh, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really follow them. <laughs> Yep. Agreed. Life will go back to normal. Eventually. Um, things that will, yes, maybe there will be some permanent impact on some businesses. Um, but I don't know. I just think that if your favorite bar doesn't make it through this, that's really sad. But like, there are people whose family members aren't going to make it through this. I appreciate you taking the time to let me interview you. Um, sure. I, I've gotten 
I've gotten kind of bored with um, my self-isolation, even though we're not in lockdown yet. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'll, I'll restart my, my podcast just for funsies. Yeah, I think that's great. And, I'm um, excited to start getting creative once I've finished all of my work deadlines. <laughs> yeah, I'll have, to let, I'll have to start talking to you more and just see like how the rest of your quarantined life goes. <laughs> sure, of course. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to let me know. I'm happy to share my story and my experience. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to So Relatable. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course, Anchor FM. Follow us on Instagram at So Relatable Podcast, and stay tuned for more quarantine stories in the next coming days. Oh, 